Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is Joseph, a.k.a. Harmonica Player. And I'd like to tell you about an awesome service that I use to get my podcast done. Did you know that there's a service out there called Zencaster, which is a one-stop shop for all, for all podcasts? You can do editing, production, and audio and video. It's a one-stop shop place. If you use a professional account, like a Zencaster Pro and higher, you can have your video imported to every video player that there is possible. That only works on professional accounts, though. You have unlimited uploading, unlimited hosting, and you can monetize your podcast and earn money. Yeah. So if you want to take advantage of this, go to zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code harmonica player podcast and get three months off your Zencaster professional we are anxious to hear your story take care and happy podcasting Mic on. now folks I present to you Wednesday morning August 3rd 2022 blind camp service Mic off Mic on. We now present this on... Mic off. Gaming demos and other interests On Joseph Weekland's Harmonica Player Podcasts Mic on. Enjoy this presentation. Mic off. How sweet are the tidings, 442. How sweet are the tidings that greet the pilgrim's ear as he wanders in exile from home. Soon, soon will the Savior in glory appear and soon will the kingdom come. He is coming, coming, coming soon, I know, coming back to this earth again. And the weary pilgrims will to glory go when the Savior comes to reign. The mossy of grace where the pilgrims sleep shall be open as wide as before. And the millions that sleep in the mighty deep shall live on this earth once more. He's coming, coming, coming soon, I know, coming back to this earth again. <laughs> 
And the weary pilgrims will to glory go when the Savior comes to reign. There will meet ne'er to part in that happy Eden home. Sweet songs of redemption will sing from the north, from the south, all the ransom shall come and worship our heavenly king. He's coming, coming, coming soon, I know, coming back to this earth again. And the weary pilgrims will to glory go when the Savior comes to reign. Hallelujah, amen, hallelujah again. Soon if faithful we all shall be there. Oh, be watchful, be hopeful, be joyful, and the crown of bright glory will wear. He's coming, coming, coming soon, I know. Coming back to this earth again. And the weary pilgrims will to glory go. The Savior comes to reign. Five twenty? All right. And I think we I think we do have time for that one? Five. A wonderful Savior is how it starts out. And we do have a wonderful Savior, don't we? Hey ho! 
me up and I shall not be moved. He giveth me strength as my day. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand with numberless blessings each moment he crowns and filled with his fullness divine. I sing in my rapture, O glory to God, for such a Redeemer as mine. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock, that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there with his hand. When clothed in his brightness transported I rise to meet him in clouds of the sky his perfect salvation his wonderful love I'll shout with a millions on high he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock that shadows a dry, thirsty land. He hideth my life in the depths of his love and covers me there with his hand and covers me there Five twelve. Well, let's take. We'll try it. We'll give it a try. How's that? Four twelve. Let's look upon Jesus this morning. Good thing to do. Look upon Jesus, sinless is he. Father, impute his life unto me. 
my life of scarlet, my sin and woe, cover with his life, whiter than snow, cover with his life, whiter than snow, fullness of his life, then shall I know. My life of scarlet, my sin and woe, cover with his life, whiter than snow. Deep are the wounds transgression has made, red are the stains, my soul is afraid. Oh, to be covered, Jesus, with thee, safe from the Lord that now judges me. Cover with his life, whiter than snow, fullness of his life, then shall I know. My life of scarlet, my sin and woe, covered with his life, whiter than snow. Longing the joy of pardon to know, Jesus holds out a robe white as snow. Lord, I accept it, leaving my own. Gladly I wear thy pure life alone. Cover with his life, whiter than snow. Fullness of his life, then shall I know. My life of scarlet, my sin and woe, cover with his life, whiter than snow. Reconciled by his death for my sin, justified by his life pure and clean. Sanctified by obeying his word, glorified when me turneth my Lord, covered with his life, whiter than snow, fullness of his life, then shall I know. My life of scarlet, my sin and woe, cover with his life, whiter than snow. We're not going to use the theme song today because this song is so tied with the message for this morning. So let's pray. Gracious Lord, as we open your word, we seek your face. 
we recognize that our lives need to be covered with the life of Jesus. And we ask for that today. Help us to understand what this means more fully as we study today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, last night we looked at the sin, and we recognized that the sin of Grandma and Grandpa Adam and Eve is our sin too. We still suffer for the temptations. We still choose to do what we know God doesn't want us to do. And uh, it hurts. God told Adam that the wages of sin was death. If you do what I've told you not to do, you will surely die. They did not understand what death meant before sin. They had to take God's word for it. They had not even seen a leaf turn red and fall off the tree. Before sin, that didn't happen. We didn't have what we call deciduous trees. The consequences for sin were instantaneous. The first thing we find referenced here is they realize that I'm naked. (laughs) Well, I believe that they had been covered with the righteousness of God, and so they weren't naked before because they were covered with the goodness of God. But by sinning, By doing what God said don't do, they lost that righteous perfection. And they didn't even feel comfortable looking at each other and their husband and wife. They went and got some fig leaves. Well, I don't know what fig leaves were like then, but fig leaves would not be my choice. (laughs) But, but... They did not feel adequately covered even with the fig leaves. They knew that something bad had gone wrong. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this last night, but I'll, I'll mention it again now anyway. You may have noticed that most animals are covered with fur. I think that gives us a hint of what we were covered with before sin entered. That that robe of Christ righteousness kind of covered. You can still tell whether it's a cow or a bull out in the field. The ones who really are in touch with this can look and tell when they look in the field and see horses, they will tell you from a long ways away. Stallion, gilding, or mare. Now, I didn't grow up with horses enough to know, to be be discerning of that, but I think that that there was a, a, a shrouding that was given to them there at the beginning. But then you see here in the story, Genesis chapter 3, as soon as sin entered their life, they're ready to make excuses and to blame. It's, It's absolutely crazy. I believe that Adam said, Oh, Eve, you've done wrong, but I love you so much I'm going to join you in your wrong. And as soon as he joined her in her wrong, it's her fault. And 
We've been doing that ever since. <laughs> who, who, who can we blame? How can I shove it off on somebody? And it's not just in the family. Politics is replete with this. Get into an automobile accident, and it's always the other guy's fault, even if you are on your cell phone. <laughs> so, verse 8, this is Genesis 3. Uh, Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God. I believe this was Jesus walking in the garden at the cool of the day, the regular time when he would come and commune with them at the tree of knowledge of good and evil, special one-on-one -on -one time with God. Time that we should treasure? But Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Always before they had run to greet him, like your puppy dog comes to greet you, eager, happy to see him. And now, like your puppy dog when it knows it's in trouble, slinks with its tail between its legs and runs and hides, they ran and hid from God. Can you hide from God? <laughs> see? see? See how foolish we get? Sin messes with our mind, and we don't even think straight. But the Lord God called and said, Where are you, Adam? And Adam replied, um, um, I, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. I was afraid. That's another instant consequence of sin. Jesus asked, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Opportunity. God gives us opportunity to say, I'm sorry, I'm guilty, I did wrong. But it's so much easier for us to find an excuse. I had to laugh. My children were quite young when I learned this. Uh, um, there's usually only two, one of two things that you have to say when, when the parents say, put the toys away. It, either you say, I didn't get them out, or I didn't play with them last. One or the other will probably work. Not my job. I don't have to do it. <laughs> so much better to say, Thank you for the opportunity to help. Adam was given an opportunity here to say, yes, God, I really, really messed up. But he didn't. It says, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Now, who's he blaming? Well, well, he's blaming his wife to some extent, but did you catch that other phrase in there? The woman that you gave me. So, God, it's your fault. You gave me an imperfect wife. Anybody here with a perfect wife? <laughs> Anybody here perfect enough to deserve a perfect wife? <laughs> no, no, we just, we, we're all flawed. We're all flawed. And we plead with heaven to cleanse us of our flaws. And we also ask God to give us some grace when we recognize the flaws in others. And we speak of spouses because we get so close that we, <laughs> we know nearly all the flaws. And we have to be gracious. <laughs> yeah, we are the flaws. Yeah. 
Yeah. So um, here we find Adam making an excuse. Adam blames Eve and God, and so God turns to Eve. The Lord God said to the woman, what have you done? And the woman replied, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Now, how do you like that? Adam blames her, and she passes the blame off on the snake. Now, she's telling the truth. It's true that the serpent did deceive her. He's tricky, he's sly, he's sneaky, and he'll try to deceive you too. So, the Lord God spoke to the serpent. He did not ask the serpent what's going on. That's an important point on this. He gave Adam an opportunity to confess. He gave Eve an opportunity to confess. But Satan had sinned away his day of grace. He was out of it. He needs to hear some lessons on this, but it was, it was over for him. No opportunity for him to even make an excuse. Now God speaks judgment. We have judgment on the snake, judgment on the woman, and judgment on the man. It, it comes sequentially. He had spoken to the man, and then the woman, and now the snake is referenced. And so now he reverses the order. That's, we call that a chiastic structure. He reverses the order. He speaks to the snake and tells him what his judgment is, speaks to the woman and tells her what her judgment is. Then he speaks to the man and tells him what his judgment is. Because, the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle. More than every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go. I believe that before sin, the snakes had much more capability than they do now. The um, fossil record indicates that they may even have had wings. Phenomenal stuff. God's curse limited them instantly and significantly. On your belly you shall go, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. But that's only where it started. I will put enmity between you and the woman. Might have. Yeah, might have. Might have had legs as well as, as, well as wings. Beautiful and remarkably intelligent creatures at that time. But they lost a lot. I believe they really lost a lot. But he went on to say, not only are you cursed that now you're going to have to crawl in along the ground, but he says, I'm going to put an enmity. Now, that's, that's kind of an old-fashioned word. Um, a hatred for sin, a hostility for sin between you and the woman. Well, now, Satan, who was represented by the serpent, does not have any hatred for sin. He's loving it. He's, he's wallowing in it. But here's the word for the woman and her children that you're going to find a hatred for sin. This was an amazing gift of God. Because once we had started sinning, it's our natural tendency to keep on sinning. But God says, I'm going to give you a break. I'm, I'm going to put something here where you can say, that's ugly. That's messy. I don't want that. Now, if you wallow in sin, you'll get to liken the sin. 
But if you choose to allow that enmity to grow in your life, you will learn to both recognize sin more quickly and shun it. Amen. I'll put enmity between you and a woman. And it goes on, between your seed and her seed. You'll find that in the Bible, that second word seed tends to be capitalized. All of the henchmen of Satan, evil angels that he took out of heaven when he fell, those are his seed. But her seed not only includes all of her descendants, but it's capitalized because it's focusing particularly on Jesus. And he... Jesus shall bruise your head. Jesus is going to do an action against Satan that will ultimately destroy him, whereas he goes on to say, you shall bruise his heel. This is pointing to the cross. When Jesus died on the cross and uttered that cry, it is finished, he was declaring victory for all of us over sin. I can just picture Satan pushing and shoving to get Jesus hanging on the cross. And when he heard the cry, it is finished, he realized that he had merely wounded Jesus' heel. Because Jesus, by giving his life for us, he demonstrated godly love in such a powerful way that the whole universe has been transformed by the death of Jesus. And Satan had no following. Those that he had already claimed, those are the ones he had. But the watching universe was able to say, God is love, and I want love. Now, this is still taking another 2,000 years to settle out, but we're getting close to that climax scene. And God is doing a work to completely destroy sin. It's pretty phenomenal. But having spoken judgment on the snake, Satan, Jesus then turns to Eve, my mama, and tells her that because of her choice to not honor God's instruction, trouble was coming into her life. To the woman, he said, verse 16, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire to, shall be to your husband. He shall rule over you. I don't know exactly what this means, but I think that the periodic bleed that women have, it was different before. That that's part of this curse. Um, having children is good news, but here it says it's going to hurt. And you've been around somebody when they're having a child, or maybe some of you have had children, you know there's labor pains. It's real. And I believe that if we hadn't sinned, giving birth would not have been painful. These are these are consequences that come from that sin. Jesus told them there. And then, <laughs> Sharon and I were talking about this too, but more in the context of Ephesians 5. But here it says, and <laughs> even if you want to rule over your husband, he's going to rule over you. 
And that has been misused in so many ways in so many families. But God has placed a headship responsibility upon the man and a willing submission on the part of the Christian woman that can bring peace and happiness to the home. And we've been fighting it both sides ever since. And it's been, it's caused a lot of pain. Some of you know experientially what I'm talking about. Both for the wives and for the husbands. Has not all been good, but God warned us. He said it's coming. But then he moved on to Adam. We had a longer chat with Adam. <laughs> Verse 17, then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, the ground is cursed for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. He said, the ground is no longer going to easily yield for you its abundance. You're going to have to work to provide food for yourself and your family. <laughs> Any of you that's a farmer knows it's work. It's hard work. And Proverbs makes it clear. It, um, it's nice to have a horse or an ox to help you with it. And, of course, now we have the big tractors. Some of those tractors are amazingly huge that are helping us with it. But it's still hard work. And truth be told, the economy in this world is such, farmers are not paid enough for the work that they provide, for the food that they're giving us. We, we need the food, and of course we fuss about the prices of the food, but somewhere along, it's not fair. Oh, the fair's in August. We already talked about that. <laughs> um, cursed ground. Verse 18, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you. We're talking about weeds. I've been in the garden already this summer chopping out weeds. And it does not take them long to grow. Why is it that the weeds grow faster than, than the garden sacks? That's, that's the curse. You're going to have to fight the thorns and the thistles. The brambles, yeah, that's, that's, now, of course, some of the brambles provide nice fruit, and you still have to work through the thorns to pick the blackberries, and I like the blackberries and the raspberries, even though I had to fight the thorns. Um, he goes on to say, you shall eat the herb of the field. As I analyze what God gave us in the diet in the beginning, I find that here he's adding vegetables, that he's saying that well, before we ate the fruits, the grains, the nuts, now we're also eating vegetables. And we need the vegetables. The scientists are recognizing that God has tucked into these vegetables nutrition that is essential for our body. And I like the suggestion, try every day to eat the colors of the rainbow. Get the fruits, get the vegetables in lots of different varieties. So... Um, he added that, and then he goes on to say, in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. It's going to be hard work until you return to the ground. Out of the ground you were taken, and dust you are, and to dust you shall return. I've, the last couple of years I've gotten a new, a new perspective on this to dust you shall return because my brother's the sexton for Sherman Township in Osceola County, and of course he's grabbed me and made me his assistant. And so when he's not around, 
we, we like it best when we can work together. Digging a grave for two people, it's, it's not really such a bad job. We can get it done in four or five hours. But when, it's, when you're doing it by yourself, it's not a surprise if it takes eight hours. It's just, it's just tough, tough, hard job. And it depends on how many roots you have to fight through, how many rocks you have, how hard's the clay, and oh, we don't charge enough for winter burials. And so people were willing to pay the extra 500 bucks to bury in the winter, and we had to break our way through the ice, the frozen ground. We had four, four winter burials this last winter. I'm learning something more about trucking people into the ground. And uh, I, I know the dimensions of that grave. I should have memorized pretty quick. <laughs> um, God said, you're going to get trucked into the ground. And the strange thing about this, that toiling for food is a blessing to us. It's given in this context of the curse. But if you look at anything that God says, you recognize there's a blessing in it. Our characters are developed as we learn to work in the garden. And as we fight to keep the weeds out of the garden, we recognize that there's a fight in keeping sin out of the life. God wants us to be just as diligent and responsible as we choose the good and shun the bad. <coughs> but it keeps going. Says Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. So here we have her name, Eve. And this word Eve means mother, it means life. That's kind of special. But uh, look at this next verse. For Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. Where did the tunics of skin come from? The story is not amplified here in this chapter. But you read the rest here and you discover a lamb had to die. Adam and Eve's hearts were broken. They have stepped out of the garden, and they're at that gate of the garden on the, on the um, west edge of the garden. And God shows them how to build an altar. They call a lamb over, and he explains to Adam how to slit that animal's throat, let the blood flow out, put the animal on the altar. Oh, they skin it first. Put the animal on the altar. I believe fire came from heaven to consume that sacrifice. God explains to Adam and Eve there at the gate of the garden the substitutionary death that Jesus was going to pay for us. And he gave them such a alive and now dead example of what that meant. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him might not perish but have everlasting life. What a choice, what an invitation, what a help. Adam and Eve understood that. But that first death, it just about killed them. To watch that lamb die, it, it, it tore them up because they knew this lamb died because of my sin. And they understood, at least to some extent, we can look back at the cross and understand, I believe, in some ways more than they did. That lamb represented Jesus. Jesus was dying. The, the Son of God 
was giving his life so that you and I could live. What a God. What a gracious, loving, caring God. <sighs> Tears running down their cheeks. Then God makes tunics of skin out of them. Now, there's a lot I don't know about the clothing that they wore. But I can read enough of scripture and know that it was modest. It covered them well enough. I wonder about how that lamb made enough skins to cover both of them, but the implication is clear that it did. Now, God's God, and his sewing machine is much more complex than yours. <laughs> and when he needs a little bit more material, he just stretches it out. <laughs> so, so he had plenty of material to cover them modestly. Oh, and um, when you think about getting dressed in the morning, this is pointing to the cross. The clothing that we wear, we go back to the beginning of clothing and human family, and it's talking about Jesus. So the clothing we wear is a statement about our trust in Jesus, his righteousness to cover, to cleanse us from sin. That's what clothing is all about, and it matters. There's, there's reasons to be careful with your clothing to represent Jesus aright. Um, I can just see Adam and Eve walking together outside the garden, crying. They're seeing flowers start to fade because before sin, the flowers never faded. But after sin, I love daylilies, but you know they only bloom for one day. In the morning they come out, and that night they wither down, and the next day... Praise the Lord, you often have another flower. But they recognized that lily died because of my sin. We, we don't understand the significance of sin anywhere near as broadly as we need to. And then when they saw the leaves falling off the trees in the fall, they realized that's because of my sin. I They cried over this. It, it affected that. It impacted their life to see that my sin impacts the lives of others. Truth be told, anytime you sin, you're hurting not just yourself, but others. Start with your mother. She doesn't like it when you sin, but, but it's broader than that. We, none of us live in a vacuum. We all impact others' lives, and our choices for righteousness are for God's glory. Um, I believe we are too careless with death and dying aspects today. We need to sharpen our game on this and, and think more seriously about how we can be agents to preserve life, to enhance life, to strengthen life, rather than just being, oh, well, we stepped on that toad and then we just move on. No, we need to be careful and thoughtful. Sin and death are linked. God invites us to hate both the sin and the death. Trust in him. Praise him. Gracious Lord, as we contemplate the story of our first parents' sin and your response to it, we thank you that you have made it so clear that you love, you save, you cleanse from sin, 
you lead us into your righteousness for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Mary? Thank you very much, Pastor. Is this on? Okay. Mic on. This completes another episode of Mic Off. Gaining demos and other interests on Joseph Weekland's harmonica player podcast. Mic on. Till next time. Thanks for listening. Mic off.